0: Hi everyone, welcome to the Journey to Developer podcast. Today, we have a special guest, Jonathan Stein Grabber.
1: Hello, How hello. are you today? I'm great, thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it.
0: Yes, I talk about my real estate journey a lot on the podcast. So I came into contact with you on Instagram recently and I was like, you know what, let me just invite him on the podcast and see what he says. And thank you for agreeing to join us on the podcast. And for those who don't know, I actually came across Jonathan back in 2014 or 2015 when I first got started in real estate. He was one of the keynote speakers at a Fortune Builders event here in New Jersey, and he really motivated me. He was a phenomenal speaker, and he just talked about the, the benefits of real estate investing, why now, and I was sold. So Jonathan, tell us more about <laughs> who you are and what you're doing today in real estate.
1: Sure. Well, first, thanks for having me on. Excited always to be able to share any knowledge or wisdom or resources that we could give anybody, especially people that are local to Jersey. So we own a a real estate brokerage called Signature Realty NJ, my wife and I. My wife is Michelle Pice. She is one of the top agents in the state. Last year, she sold 293 homes. And as a brokerage, we did over a thousand transactions. So we have, you know, quite a few agents at our brokerage. We specialize in training. And what's unique about it is that we also teach real estate investing. So not only do we do luxury real estate, you know, and everything from rentals and, and everything in between, but our mission is to help people achieve financial independence by making good commissions as a real estate agent, taking the extra money after your bills, and then investing that into multifamily and commercial property. So that's what my mission's been for quite a few years now. And that's a little bit about us.
0: Awesome. And if you're from the New Jersey area, I would say Essex County, you will see a bulletin on a highway of your beautiful wife and your company. I think you have a few too. I can't remember.
1: I have seen her. We have a few billboards out there.
0: Yeah. So they're definitely doing great things in the community from the broker perspective and are you still investing at this point
1: oh yeah i got two renovations going right now you know it's hard to get inventory just like everybody is suffering with that we're we're in the same boat but we're consistently marketing and, and doing a lot of you know every door direct mail is kind of what i've you know gotten the best deals with but yeah, we have you know we have uh, a couple of renovations that just finished up, so we're going to be putting those on the market. Come now in about a week,
0: awesome. and we're looking
1: for inventory.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. I, I think when I first came across you, you were rehabbing a historic home in Plainfield.
1: Oh yeah, I still. have it. <laughs> I, still awesome. I, do, I still have it. I do Airbnb. We do really well with it. Actually, uh, I just had somebody book an Airbnb right now there and it's it's pretty good to to kind of give some inspiration to people this is from one house this is what i have booked oh, um, wow. on this one property and and here are just some of the i don't know if you could see this really well
0: well i see the it Kind of, yeah
1: <laughs> it goes uh i i went the wrong way here but that's I'll probably hit 150 to 175,000 on that one house doing Airbnb. And we rent out the entire home. So that's what we do with that house. That's yeah. funny that you, that you remember that home.
0: I rem- I'm i telling you that I wish I remembered more from that, um, two or three day weekend, but yes, I do remember that specifically. So let's talk about short-term rentals, Airbnbs. It looks like you have not been affected by the pandemic on that particular rental or, you know, Airbnb property. So that's amazing. I, I
1: started doing this in December of, of last year.
0: Oh, wow. So in three yeah. months, you accumulated $96,000 from Airbnb? Well,
1: it's reservations booked. We've only gotten paid out 10910 um so far from right. the ones that we've had. But, you know, they book out. I let right. people book out until nine months ahead. Okay. So, Beautiful. yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: That's amazing so for those who would be interested in starting an Airbnb or short-term rental business what advice do you have for them or how can they get started
1: well by any means I'm not I wouldn't consider myself an expert I, know, right? I don't even you know I don't even use home away or VRBO which I've heard we should also post my listing on those sites but we've gotten so much activity from Airbnb you know what you should do is see in that marketplace, what is your competition, what they're going for. And if you, I recommend having some sort of very unique experience or a unique home that not just like having a room for rent or something like that. This is a historical mansion with a huge wraparound porch. And it's got 13 bedrooms, seven and a half baths. It's got a billiards room and it's, and it's big, right? It's 15,000 square feet. So it's a very unique home to be able to either have a gathering in, right? I just had, um, a nice girl do her sweet 16 there. Her mom reached out to me. She's like, Hey, you know, now, you know, we want to, you know, we want to do something different for our daughter and we want to make it a memorable experience. Can we have our sweet 16 there? I said, sure. So, you know, look for like a unique home that's going to be different than other properties and you'll be you'll be shocked at you know how much demand there is in the marketplace for something like that. Yeah.
0: Awesome. And I'm also gonna recommend another site for you. Uh, they have pairspace.com
1: I'm sorry, Pearspace, P A I R. Yes.
0: P-E-E-R space.com. Oh, Peerspace, Peer. yeah. Peerspace.com. Yes. And it's amazing also because you can rent it out by the hour. Right. Mm -hmm. So let's say someone, someone wanted to do a photo shoot, like in your case with the, but it's just more of a a venue website for people that just want to do events there and keep it moving versus um, doing sleepover events. So yeah, people make, you know, hundreds of dollars per hour.
1: I just rented another house that I have. We bought a a big mansion down the street. It's like 12,500 square feet. We are renting it just for you know a couple of days to a video production company nice. for thirty five hundred dollars. We're selling that house though.
0: Nice. Well, I actually am supposed to be bidding on. I think it's a nineteen bedroom mansion oh, in wow. Plainfield.
1: Nice. That's is on, that the one on, on Hub Zoo. Belvedere.
0: <laughs> yeah, the one on Belvedere. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. I think
0: everybody's going to be bidding on that one. I'm but, not going to be bidding on. That one. But, <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> But I thought, I mean, the bids were really low when it started. I'm not sure where it is now, but yeah. I'm gonna take a shot at it and see what happens.
1: Just be careful. The historical, you know, commission meets once a month, and you obviously need to abide by the historical guidelines on that house. Mm-hmm. So I had one of my agent uh, investors call me and ask me uh, what I thought about that particular home. That's why I know about it, not because I'm bidding on it. I'm not right. your competition. I promise. Hey. <laughs>
0: I, I mean if I'm sure either way, as long as the home turns out amazing and you know, it's yeah. gonna be brought back to life. I don't really care who buys it. But someone actually reached out to me and they want me to meet a partner with them on that oh, particular project. Yeah. So since you we last came into contact with each other, you probably don't even remember me, but it's fine.
1: <laughs> There's a lot of people at those. Events. I
0: know, I know. But I mean, and I don't wanna bring up personal matters. But the reason why you connected to me so much is because we both had, um, you know, family members dealing with mental health and literally Mm -hmm. by the time you finished everything, I was in tears. I was like, oh my goodness. You know, I have an uncle that deals with, you know, schizophrenia Mm -hmm. in particular. And I know you had a, you know, your brother, someone very close to you was suffering from that illness so your story really like really 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 touched me i literally was in tears i think i even hugged you at the end but one you're a great speaker thank you so you just motivated me i didn't even think i would go into wholesaling like i didn't go there with the idea of wholesaling i went there with the idea that i wanted to be a rehabber and I was addicted to HGTV. You know, <laughs> I always had this idea that I was also going to be a developer. So I always knew I wanted to, you know, rebuild urban communities, especially in Newark, because I had grew up in Newark. Mm-hmm. Newark in twenty fifteen was a Very bargain. I know. And I knew what was gonna happen. I'm originally from Brooklyn, New York. And look what happened with Brooklyn. You can't yep. even buy a brownstone for under two million dollars at this point. It's just crazy. And my grandfather, he had a nerve to tell me recently, yeah, I remember when they were fifty thousand dollars. And I'm like, Yeah, why didn't you buy a brownstone when it was fifty thousand dollars?
1: <laughs> we can only predict the future. Uh,
0: I know. And that was back in the seventies, but I'm just like, wow, you should have at least gotten one that's all you needed. So I, I saw the transition in Brooklyn. I saw what was going to happen in Newark. Newark made a lot of initiatives to build a city up a or have, time. or have investors or corporations come into Newark. They're literally putting billions of dollars there. So I knew what was going to happen. It was just, how can I get in where I fit in? Right. So at the time. I was a new mother. I was hoping, all right, I can, you know, buy an old house, rehab it. And my idea was to actually turn it into a shelter. So everything I do is always with purpose. Mm -hmm. That didn't happen, but that was cool. Now I jumped into, I was a real estate paralegal at the time and I jumped into wholesaling. We started doing a lot of investor transactions. I'm like, yeah, I need to get in this area right now. I know you had spoken about wholesaling. And I just started doing, I didn't sign up for Fortune Builders, as you could probably, you probably can or cannot tell that, but I didn't sign up. At the time, I just didn't have the capital to do it or the credit to do it. However, wholesaling was introduced in that two or three-day workshop. I started just educating myself as best as possible on wholesaling, and I just became innovative. I may not have had my own uh, deals or leads, but I was just... you know, co-wholesaling or reverse wholesaling other people's deals. Mm -hmm. And then I just met a mentor or a cash buyer who ultimately became a mentor to me, Nice, which was great. And then I started noticing, okay, now we're getting to a certain point where, all right, you have to start holding some of these properties. And even to a certain extent, I realized that I was selling out my community. I'm like, okay, (laughs) now I'm selling to investors that don't really care about the community. They just want the money. So that motivated me to start buying and holding. And then I had the control to put whatever tenants I wanted to in those units and in cooperation with being a realtor as well. So it was a great share of helping um, individuals who don't have an address or homeless families, helping them relocate into uh, certain parts of Newark, or if they were from Newark already, whatever, just making sure they had affordable housing options, right? So I was doing that in conjunction with being an investor and a rehabber, and also with conjunction of making investors house these particular tenants. So that's what I've been doing over the last couple of years. And now we have stepped into the development space. but. Uh, just to wrap it all back that event that two to three day weekend was amazing and it really just it's so it's like you sowed a seed into my life it's and hard now, to
1: describe if you haven't yeah
0: been. I know now are you still doing those events or no, no. yeah okay all
1: right yeah um, I was on the road for for many years and just go from weekend to weekend from city to city and it was it was a lot to be away from my wife and then You know, now I have an eight month old daughter. So that was a a few years ago that I, I stopped doing those events.
0: Okay, good, good, good. And I'm sure like whoever's on your team at Signature, I mean.
1: We do a lot of training. That's where I, that's where I get my fix (laughs) for training.
0: (laughs) So what would you say to someone that is transitioning from a realtor to an investor, Hmm. especially during this market?
1: Yeah, and I think also people that aren't realtors yet, a lot of people don't get their license, and it's a good idea. Uh, we're actually starting a real estate school, so uh, I just passed my instructor's exam. So if anybody that's watching podcast is interested in that, you know, find me on Instagram and uh, message me, and and I'll get you the details on that. But you know realtors that are you know turning into investors number 1 learn your market like the back of your hand you'll be able to identify any good deals that come on the market but don't plan on getting a lot of good deals that come on the market because especially now with inventory being so low you're going to get bid out and don't do a deal just to do a deal right a lot of people get involved in transactions because they want to say oh you know i haven't i haven't flipped a house i want to flip a house and it, the numbers just don't add up right they're not really being smart about what the after repair value is going to be and really doing their due diligence on their repair estimate and then the biggest thing is calculating all of the holding costs your financing costs your property taxes your insurance your utilities your snow removal your landscaping any maintenance and just you know you you could be off by especially nowadays right if you're going to make $50,000 on a flip you know, but you're into it for about 500,000, that's only a 10% margin for error, right? So if the market shifts by a couple percent, you know, maybe interest rates go up or something like that. And then the demand goes down a little bit and you go over on your renovation budget by a little bit, you know, there goes your profit. So you never want to be in a situation where you're doing all this hard work, right? It is a lot of hard work to manage all the contractors, and you know, pay that monthly overhead every month, and do that. So just just be careful, right? And make right. sure that you know the market. A lot of people are buying a house in an area they've never even been in. They've never they've never been there before, and right. some, they got an email from somebody, and all of a sudden they're looking at this property in this area, and they're going off their numbers, and they're not accurate. You got to do your own due diligence. I I always recommend for brand new people to get an appraisal get an as is appraisal and then get an after repair value appraisal, right? Right. Let the appraiser know what you're going to be doing to renovate the property and then see what they believe the value is. Double check that on your numbers, obviously, because appraisers are just giving opinions, but it's good to have that opinion. And a lot of them, if you get a good appraiser, it's very thorough. So You know, that's my advice to, I mean, my advice to realtors or anybody else will be exactly the same. Obviously, realtors, the only difference is you have to disclose that you're a licensed agent. So don't ever buy a property without disclosing you're a licensed agent. That's grounds for revocation of your license. So you don't want
0: that. Uh,
1: It's very easy when you're talking to sellers, like, hey, you know, I have my own uh, real estate license so I can sell my own properties. And also, the people that don't want me to buy their property, they often want retail and they want me to list it so I can you know, I can list it for them. And that's why I have my real estate license and just being very transparent and honest with people. And since 2006, I've had my license and, you know, I, I love it. I think it's great to be able to make money as a real estate agent in the business that you want to ultimately master mm-hmm. and also be able to, you know, flip properties. And I've been doing, you know, both for a long time now and it's it's good. Awesome. Yeah. Now,
0: where do you see the market going? Do you think we're going to stay consistent? Do you think the prices are going to go up? Or do you think we're going to have some type of correction?
1: So it's interesting, right? You know, I'm not I'm not a market predictor. Right. But what, what I can say is why do we have so much demand in New Jersey, right? It's the exodus of New York City, right? right. It's the extra demand that we didn't have prior to COVID, that people are exiting in droves from New York city. So when did the pandemic happen right in March of last year? So if I put two and two together, people probably stopped signing leases in March or April, right of last Mm -hmm. year. So I would guess, okay, that the number of people that are exiting New York, the majority of them are probably going to exit by May or June because Mm -hmm. a lot of them would have been stuck in their lease if they signed it in March or April. The last months, if you think about 12 months from then, March or April are probably the last month. So you know May, June, that's when the demand will go down because it takes 60 to 90 days to find a house, buy a house, get qualified, all that stuff, right? So that's one thing. Interest rates are really good, but you know, Biden got elected. And if he passes his fifteen thousand dollar first-time home buyer credit, yeah, then you're gonna probably see a surge in first-time buyers and demand's gonna go up there because you don't even need fifteen thousand dollars a lot of times to buy a house, right? So especially if you get a seller's concession, right? So I feel like renters are sick and tired of landlords. you know, increasing rent so much. I mean, I'm a landlord and rents just skyrocketed, right? They, mm-hmm. they they just keep going up and up and up. I mean, it's it's crazy. So, and interest rates being where they are, I, I just don't feel like that first time home buyer market is gonna go down. Now, right. if for some reason, you know, all the printing that we've done, all the money that we've put in the to the economy. Catches up with us sooner rather than later, which I don't know if it will or won't, then yeah, maybe rates will start to tick up and that will lower the urgency that buyers have. For, you know, obviously the first 69 days of interest rates going up, there's still all those people that locked in their rates. So obviously the market actually goes up more right. and then it dips. So right. that's I don't think the market's going to be bad. I don't understand economically the mm-hmm. fundamentals on how we have you know, all this, this huge economic impact that happened for COVID, tons of people out of work, unemployment's going to run out, right? Because yeah. you only have it for a certain amount of time. And the extra stimulus checks are probably not going to be, they're probably not going to be as loose as they talk about it, as they mm-hmm. talk about how loose they're going to be. I don't I don't think they're going to give that many more stimulus checks. Maybe right. one more we'll get, maybe two, but it, it's not going to be a whole lot of money in Jersey, right? You, you live you live out in the Midwest where rent is 700 bucks. Right. Okay, cool. Like 1400 bucks is a lot of money, right? But in Jersey, what do you do with $1,400, right? So we're in, it's interesting how they don't adjust for you know, cost of living and and really helping people out. But um, I I can't predict what's going to happen, but, you know, right now we're on fire. The market is, I mean, we we had a, just a transaction. We had to create a Google form for people to, for agents to enter their offers in because it was over 43 offers, right? Crazy to put all that on an Excel sheet for an owner within 24 hours is Kind of annoying. So we actually created a Google form for agents to start submitting offers through a Google form. So it automatically goes on an Excel sheet and we could give that to the owner. And it's, I mean, I've never seen a market like this since I've been in the business. And it can't, I don't think it can keep up with this type of demand. And I think June, July is when it's going to slow down a little bit.
0: I was going to say, do you think it's just a puffed up market? Like it's a fake this?
1: No, it's not. Um, Let me tell you why it's not a fake market. Okay. Mm-hmm. If you look, if you do the math, okay. On buying a house now or 12 months ago, they're cheaper now. Hmm. I know. I know it's hard to believe that, but if you do the, if you do the interest yeah, rate, hard
0: to believe. I'm like, Oh, right. Of course. So that's the thing.
1: The monthly, the monthly payment is actually cheaper. Even if it went up $60,000 on a $400,000 house. A mortgage for four hundred and sixty versus a mortgage for four hundred. Four hundred and sixty mm-hmm. is cheaper now at today's interest rates than it was twelve months ago. I'm glad so, you brought that
0: up because people don't understand interest rates. They don't understand money, how it works, how interest works, how banks work. Right. So I'm glad you brought that up because the interest rate—I don't know—maybe a couple of years ago was like maybe four percent, four point five. Yeah, mm-hmm. I remember when I first got pre-approved. Years ago, it was like 4.5. I had A1 credit, or I thought it was A1 credit at the time, and yeah. So they don't realize when you're paying four percent, four and a half percent, you're really paying like 50 percent or more of the house if I did a calculation. So in that case, a house that's four hundred fifty thousand dollars might be nine hundred thousand over the course of the loan or more. I'm just rounding about maybe, give or take. You're paying double the amount of the house. So Ultimately, it is cheaper now to purchase it. The only thing is your income, depending on who the person is, it may not look like you can afford the house based on the price of the house at this point, but ultimately you're paying a cheaper amount for the house now over time. So I'm glad you brought that point up because in, yeah. you know, in that two day weekend years ago, and it feels like I'm I'm puffing fortune builders up, but you went over inflation, money, right. the economy, I did terrible in economics class, so I fell asleep most of the time. So you really broke it down. And how important is it to understand money and how our economy works?
1: With I mean, it's, it, it, things are simple, right? I mean, statistically mm-hmm. speaking, the majority of the people that live in the United States don't do well, right? They just, they don't, they don't have enough money for retirement. It's statistically uh, proven. And we don't, we're not armed with the right resources, unfortunately, to have uh, financial literacy. So what you have to do is you have to seek that out. So if you're watching this podcast, good for you, because you are looking for ways to master, you know, uh, your finances and master personal development and things like that. And I think that's, that's really really important for people like you and and me that are out and we're teaching and we're trying to get people access to the right information to inspire them it's going to be the difference between you having a good financial life and a bad financial life right and they say money doesn't buy happiness but living paycheck to paycheck doesn't either right you live paycheck to paycheck and you know it's stressful to live paycheck to paycheck i've been there done that i've lived off credit cards when I was taking care of my little brother that had paranoid schizophrenia, it was just me and him, and I was taking care of him. Both of my parents are deceased. And it was a very tough time for me. And it was very stressful. And money was probably at the top of the list, other than you know, being afraid, you know, of my little brother's illness, because you don't know what they're gonna do because he was a paranoid schizophrenic. So it's it's really it's really honorable to teach people about financial education. And we've chosen to do that in real estate specifically because we feel like real estate is one of the only assets that you could put. If you think about it, right. You could put three and a half to 20% down, right. Right. Call it, or even 3% or 0% of your VA loan. Right. But call it, call it, you know, 10%, right. You could put 10% down deposit on a $500,000 house. That's 50,000 bucks. For $50,000, you can control a $500,000 asset. That's pretty yeah. darn good,
0: right? Yeah, and totally.
1: over time, if the market goes up, on average since 1976, it's gone up 5.76%, right? So if we take even a lower average of 5%, and it goes up 5% a year for the next 10, 20, 30 years, on average, right. Right, you'll have ups mm-hmm. and downs. I mean, you get your money back. In equity, two years down the line, if you put ten percent down, right? right. You know, two years, five percent, five percent. I mean, that's amazing. And if you, and if for some reason you get lucky, you hit it like right before it goes up, then right. even better. But you know, and you sell at the top, and then you buy again at the bottom, and so right. forth. That's what we do, right? Exactly. Because yeah. Right now, I feel like we're you know we're we're almost there. We're almost at that top, and you know there's there's a couple of properties I'm liquidating because mm. of that and then I I feel like there will be more foreclosures that will come
0: right, right. a lot
1: of people missed their payments during covid and although banks can't foreclose right now because of the moratorium that at some point has to end right, right. so there is going to be a correction of some sort there has to be because it's just statistically it, it doesn't make sense so back to what I was saying is real estate is a hedge against inflation. And we printed so much money that you guys should really consider if you're you know, watching this podcast, you should really consider how can I get myself involved in real estate so I can hedge my risk against inflation. And, and you should look for cash flowing properties. I don't, I'm not talking about liabilities where you buy a single family house right. and you live there and you're paying money out every month. But where somebody else is paying the mortgage, the taxes, the insurance, the utilities, and the maintenance, and there's there is opportunities if you look, right? If you go if you go after motivated sellers, divorcees, people that inherited homes, I just sent out 876 uh, mailers to a probate list that I purchased off a website called USLeadList.com. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, so I I sent them a postcard. We buy houses cash postcard, and mm-hmm. I got a couple calls already. Haven't really secured any deals from it yet, but people also save that, right? right spring yeah. comes, snow melts. Right now, people are okay with it. COVID is also another big challenge because some people are f- afraid of people going into their homes, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, all those things are adding up to the lack of inventory. But if you can. If you can get involved in some real estate and hedge your risk against the value of the dollar going down, you should do that because just saving money is a loser's game, right? You should have money saved, but saving all of your money and not investing it, that's a loser's game because the value of the dollar just, you lose purchasing power. You don't lose money, Right. right? But you lose what you can buy, right? Every year you can buy less and less with that same amount of money and that's called inflation. It's the value of the dollar going down and the cost of living going up.
0: Yeah. I'm glad yeah. you brought that up. Well, the statement was going to be about the moratorium that they just extended. And I think they extended it until 2022.
1: I mean, it's it's interesting, right?
0: Yeah, I'm like, okay. I mean, at least they're being more realistic about what's happening. Because to be honest, I mean, a lot of people didn't lose their job, but a lot of people did. I feel like it's a combination of some people taking advantage of the situation and because they know the government is just like, yeah, we'll, you know, we'll roll it back some more. And then I do know there's a lot of people suffering, like truly yeah. and honestly. And I feel like I just stopped watching the news. so I can't really tell you if, you know, a lot of corporations did release people or not because I got tired of the news after the first two months ago <laughs> i was
1: like i get it very <laughs> well. I and mean, i think i think this year if you know this last year if it taught us anything it's to you know to to hurry up and do what we want to do because you know things can change and your your opportunities can change and for for a lot of people you know covid was like a rebirth and although yeah. we a lot of lives and we lost a lot of people. It took a lot of names, man.
0: Yes, it did. Um,
1: A lot of people I know, my cousin and, and a bunch of other people. And it's, you know, one of our agents just lost his dad to mm-hmm. COVID. So I empathize and sympathize with those people. Right. To, to see the silver lining, on the other hand, it is, it's a rebirth for a lot of people, a wake up call, you know, especially if they were in a job that they didn't love and they were able mm-hmm. to be on unemployment. And some people were making the same amount of money being unemployed than at their job. And it gave them the time to go after what they wanted. And a ton of people got their real estate license, for example. Yeah. We we had a huge spike in people that got their real estate license because they want to control their own time and they don't want to have a ceiling on their income and they don't want to go and beg for a raise. And I don't blame them because it's not fun to let somebody else have control over you. Yeah. And when somebody has control over your money, they have control over you. I mean, in a lot of different ways, it's pretty, it's demeaning. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and you don't need to live that way if you're willing to take a little bit of a chance, grind a little harder, work a little bit different, you know, stop watching the news like you did and take all that time mm-hmm. and energy that, you, you typically spend with things that don't add any value to your life and leverage that into your new venture and your new business. And that's something to be super proud of and excited about, you know, and that's what a lot of people did during COVID. So for a lot of people, COVID was a good thing. And for, for a lot of people was unfortunately a bad thing, but we can make the best of it.
0: Absolutely. I mean, for me, I, even though I felt like I knew a lot, I was like seeking more information. I'm like, all right. And in many ways it was a rebirth for me as well. I did create this podcast during COVID. So good, it was good. it was a it was a rebirth. I had to learn how to use the internet all over again and you know editing videos. This is
1: great. I mean it's very professional. I love it. I'm gonna Thank I'm you. gonna I'm gonna copy some of your resources here. I love it.
0: Yeah, awesome. but yeah, I definitely rebirth myself in many ways. I realized, you know, what Self development skills I needed to tap into, and of course, some things on the real estate side got slowed down a bit. I was in the middle of two rehabs, and I purchased, but I did purchase some land. So, the projects I will be developing, I did purchase those now. We're just you know backed up with the plans going through the city and permits, and (laughs) the other side of real estate, right? Once you're actually Doing what you need to do, now you have to wait on um, the municipalities to process. They take it. a little time. Yeah. But other than that, COVID was great. I think it was, like you said, a great reset for everyone. I feel like in many ways, everyone's on the same playing field. We all now, more than ever, more individuals, and maybe not us, but more individuals will need affordable housing. It was an issue before COVID. But now it's definitely impacting more lives. So hopefully we'll see in the real estate industry even more affordable or workforce housing, not so much affordable, but workforce housing accessible to more families with different types of income. Before, you know, it was like a passive thing. Now it's a necessity. I mm-hmm. as and I always say on this platform, the more I get deeper into real estate, it's definitely becoming more political and more. Governmental. There's a lot of government policies, you know, playing in the background. And my background was supposed to be law. I was supposed to be a lawyer. So now it just gave me a different perspective on what changes really do need to be made. It's more than just the money in many cases, it is people's lives that we have in our hands. And of course, there are incentives for helping those who need affordable or workforce housing. So COVID really just opened up my eyes and it made me realize you don't have much time, as you stated earlier, any moment, it could be lights out for you. <laughs> so yep. you need to get right with whoever you believe in. So I found myself really reading the Bible just in case it was, in. The, well, not even, <laughs> just <laughs> not just, just in case, but you know, get develop yeah. that relationship with God. And I think that's the, the reason why I stayed grounded, I wasn't fearing, you know, a lot of people were scared. Like this was the end of the world. I wasn't fearful at all. I didn't have anxiety like other people. I mean, times like
1: this, you're either a warning or you're an example for others. And
0: exactly that's
1: the reality of it. And some people decided to, you know, let their emotional, you know, when emotions are high intelligence goes down, right? That's just how things are and how people are. But at the end of the day, You know there's going to be people that rise to the occasion and and Mm -hmm. they change their lives and improve their lives and help other people be stronger around them and then others that don't and you know obviously you you chose to rise to the occasion and you know even put together this podcast to help others and it's really admirable to see people doing that especially things that are born in times of you know crisis in times of uncertainty Because people need leadership. People need somebody to say, you know, everything's going to be okay, right? Like we're going to get through this. And although there's going to be, there's going to be a lot of challenges, but you know, this, these are the good things that can come out of it. And that's, that's the main thing. It's like, it's like anything else, right? You have to make the best of it. And, you know, this is all you've got, right? This is all you've got. You can't, you, there's things that you can't change and like you you can only change your mindset and the most important home you have is your emotional state and your emotional home. So, you know, you got to guard that. Like Jim Rohn says, he goes, you got to stand mm-hmm. guard at the door of your mind, right? Amen. Yeah. Well, Be yeah. careful <laughs> what you, you know, You know, you have the TV eating you a bunch of stuff and you, you switch the channels and it's all the same thing. And it's just making people angry and make, making people mm-hmm. upset. It's not really serving you. So you got to do what's going to serve you mm-hmm. and, you know, listen to things like this.
0: Exactly. Well, hopefully you'll have a podcast really soon and we can check out you on your platform. Is there anything you want to say to anyone out there maybe as motivation?
1: Well, first, thanks for watching and I appreciate it. Anything I can help with, if you're in the New Jersey area, we are a real estate brokerage. And if you're interested in getting your license or anything like that, just let me know, but go after what you want, right? At the end of the day, this is, this is all you've got. I have a mentor that I look up to his Name is Mac Newton. He's one of our only seven degree black belts in North America. And I'll leave you with his quote. He says, You'll inherit the results of your decisions in the future. So every decision that you make now, you're going to inherit the results of those decisions in the near future, just like you're inheriting the results that you've uh, made decisions in your past about. And, you know, your tax return doesn't lie, right? You're your friends your circle of friends don't lie the way you look in the mirror right that's that's all you that's your that's your habits and your habits will create the life that you want or the life that you don't want and taking that 100% accountability i think is everything and that's what i've learned in my life from you know from experiencing adversity as a kid is that i control it doesn't matter the cards that you're dealt i control how happy I want to be, how far I want to go in life, and how much I'm going to demand of myself, regardless of those things. And I think if you're if you're watching this podcast, you probably already know that. But it's always nice to have a refresher.
0: Right. Awesome. That's beautiful. And how can people uh, stay in contact with you? I am going to uh, put all of your info up there, your Instagram yeah. account. But if you want to go ahead and tell them also how they can get in contact with you or with your company. Sure.
1: Yeah, sure. I mean, our company is called Signature Realty. So it's SignatureRealtyNJ.com, like NJ like New Jersey. And I'm on, I'm on Instagram. You click on my bio and my link. We have a couple of links on there. So anything you guys need, you know, feel free to reach out.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much, Jonathan. Like this no really problem. made everything full circle for me. Thank you so much for coming That's on great. the Journey to Developer podcast.